Welcome back to the Conservatarian Exchange on the Liberty Block, hosted today by Ed number one, Ed number two. It's up to you which one is one or two. Daniel, all the way over from the New from Old England, and Mike from New Jersey. Welcome. Hola, everybody. What's up, guys? Daniel, since we haven't seen you in a while, I will give your choice. What's the biggest story of the week? Uh, oh, talk about put me on the spot straight away. Um, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll defer that to one of the others and then jump in, I think, because um, I can't really decide at the moment myself. All right, Ed P. Well, I would not like to talk about this, a ruling by a Texas judge that um, the FDA had uh, approved the abortion pill for Prestone improperly. And so placed an injunction on its distribution, but then stayed his own injunction. I've been trying to go through this uh, this ruling, which I finally found, because of course the New York Times and CNN and all the other hysterical people um, who uh, wrote, you know, shrill articles about it didn't actually um, didn't actually link to the decision. Basically. The decision says that the FDA improperly approved the drug and then improperly uh, changed the rules around the drug, especially when Roe was overturned and they allowed it to be dispensed without a physician examining a patient um, through the mail. And obviously, the, the judge is correct on the merits. Uh, uh, the FDA approved improperly approves all the drugs. <laughs> Let's review how they improved, approved the, uh, you know, the shots that we just all, uh, you know, got conned into taking, or at least some of us got conned into taking. Some of us. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's all improper. I mean, all the drugs they do are improper. Everything that FDA does is improper in the sense that it is not driven by data, it's driven by money. Um, the interesting thing about this you know, there are two interesting things about this. The first is, you know, this drug was approved in um, 2000. So here it is in 2023. Um, what's up with that? And uh, and the second thing is, how do these uh, how do these people who sued, how do they have standing? So I would like to uh, I, I would like to read the first paragraph of the decision because it, it sets out the, you know, the this drug was approved in 2000. Over 20 years ago, the United States Food and Drug Administration approved a chemical abortion. The legality of the 2000 approval is now before this court. Why did it take two decades for judicial review in federal court? After all, plaintiff's petitions challenging the 2000 approval date back to the year 2002, right? Simply put, FDA stonewalled judicial review until now. Before plaintiffs filed this case, FDA ignored their petitions for over 16 years, even though the law requires an agency response within 180 days of receipt of the petition. But the FDA waited 4,971 days to adjudicate plaintiff's first petition and 994 days to adjudicate the second. Had the FDA responded to plaintiff's petitions within the 360 total days allotted, this case would have been in federal court decades earlier. Instead, the FDA postponed and procrastinated for nearly 6,000 days. So you can tell just in the first paragraph that the judge is like, uh, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's out of control. As far as the, um, the standing uh, issue, he goes into a lot of different um, discussions about uh, associational standing and uh, you know doctors who have standing on behalf on behalf of their patients and um, you know that sort of thing. I, I think that's kind of the weakest part of this. I mean, obviously, I'm not a lawyer, but uh, I do. Uh, I, I do. Um, think that you have to have a particularized injury to go into court. And I, I'm not 100% sure, having not read the briefs, uh, you know, whether the patients really do have a particularized injury. But 
the bottom line at the end, accordingly, the court hereby stays the effective date of FDA's September 28, 2000 approval of Mifeprestone and all subsequent challenged actions related to that approval. That is the 2016 changes, the 2019 generic approval, and the 2021 actions to allow it to be um, uh, distributed by mail. The court acknowledges that its decision um, in Texas versus Biden has been appealed to the Fifth Circuit. If the Fifth Circuit reverses this court's analysis, the court clarifies that alternatively would have ordered defendants to suspend the chemical abortion approval and all subsequently challenged actions related to that approval until the court can render a decision on the merits. So the court grants the motion in part. FDA's approval of Mifeprestone is hereby stays. This court stays the applicability of this opinion in order for seven days to allow the federal government time to seek emergency relief from the United States Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit dated April 7th, which is only four days ago. So there's three more days left in its stay. This is a very conservative judge, uh, Trump appointee, um, well known for being extremely conservative. Um, so I, I don't know what's going to happen to this. Obviously, it's causing a lot of um, it's causing a lot of alarm in the regime media. Um, uh, it's obviously correct on the merits, uh, um, but I think the the weakness is the is the standing issue. And I have a feeling that if the appeals court or the Supreme Court want to, um, you know, overturn it, that's what they would do to overturn it. Uh, there are two political things associated with this. Obviously, the first thing is, you know, how much do states want to, um, you know, push the, the overturning of Roe? Um, do they really want to push it into this sort of, you know, first a few weeks of pregnancy that this drug does. Um, and, but the second thing is there's a lot of states saying, well, we're just going to ignore it. And what I say to them is knock yourselves out. I, I couldn't think of a better way to begin the ignoring of federal courts than on this decision. And uh, uh, just like Harry Reid uh, abolished the filibuster for judges, um, not knowing that it was going to come back and bite him in the ass. I think the uh, the leftists in California who want to ignore this ruling and other states, um, I don't think they quite understand the firestorm that ignoring the ruling will uh, bring down upon their heads eventually. Um, but uh, I say knock yourselves out. Okay, that's the only part I guess I disagree with you, but... Um, as I said before the show, I think this proves positively that AOC listens to the show. And she heard Ed Maslisch for years saying we should just ignore what the courts say. Um, just beware, I will invite her to come on as a guest since she's the congressman representing the district within a few blocks of me. But not only did AOC call for it, and I think Newsom called for it, but I believe that Nancy Mace, who is supposedly on the Republican side, is called to ignore, to ignore a court ruling. Now, am I correct that this is the first time people have called so widely to ignore a federal court? What do you mean, is this the first time? Andrew Jackson famously said the court has issued its ruling. Right. Now let's see them in, in modern, in, has it happened in modern since, times. Since the famous it's, quote. And I think it is fantastic in that sense. But I mean, Ed M., is this incredibly unusual that they're doing it? How bad is it that Nancy Mace is joining in with it? Um, I mean, I have no doubt it'll be overturned within a few seconds anyway. But um, what's amazing about it? It's it's not really amazing. What what what's different this time is that the ruling went against the left. And I mean, in, in the past, I mean, look at what they've done. Look what they did with the Bruin decision last year. The they the Supreme Court says that the right. That, that we were serious in McDonald and in uh, Heller about an individual having a right to own a firearm and the New York gun law has to be struck down. So what did what did Hockle and, and the New York legislature do? They basically reenacted it with a couple of minor tweaks. What, what are what are Democrats doing in other in other states? They're saying we don't care what the Bruin decision says. We're just going to enact more gun control anyway. So they've been ignoring court rulings 
forever. We're the only ones who get who are bound by it. What's different is that they're being so defiant about it this time rather than just ignoring it. I mean, they're they're not even pretending to be to go with the rule of law, which is fine. Let the mask come off. How unparalleled is this to, I can't remember the particulars, but Obama, I guess it was DACA, wasn't it, that Obama did not following the administrative rules, but then when Trump reversed it, not following the administrative rules, the court said Trump had to. Am I getting that story correct? Say it again. Sounds, sounds about right. When Trump tried to get rid of DACA and then they sued Trump and the court said what Trump did was invalid because he didn't follow all of the rules in in saying yeah, well, it, that was the even, procedures act right yeah, that even was, though obama it, didn't follow it to institute it so is this i mean this idea of the court messing with fda which obviously i love but didn't anybody sue them about the vaccines and say it wasn't approved legally and would a judge have said the same thing no i think there are a number <laughs> of suits going on uh, against the vaccines. But again, if the FDA can stall for 20 years on mifepristone, I, it certainly can stall for two years on... Pfizer tried 75 yeah. years just on the papers. We'll, we'll be worm food by the time that those decisions right. come out. And, and that's not funny, <laughs> Mike. And... <laughs> And likewise, didn't, didn't the White uh, House say on it though? Didn't the White House come out? And I, I think that's a little bit more unusual, isn't it? The, the the level of immediate response, not just from people like AOC, um, but White House spokespeople coming out and saying uh, um, nothing is off the table in terms of opposing this decision. Um, so you know that's a little bit more at a higher level, isn't it? So I think it was the I think you're right. secretary, but was it also the White House spokespeople? Yeah, the White, the White House spokespeople said Biden said it was un, an unprecedented ruling. And I think they used the uh, attack on democracy uh, term as well, which they love deploying, um, mm -hmm. which is pure projection, obviously. Um, but they also said that nothing was off the table in terms of uh, the, the response from the federal government. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what Biden has up his sleeve. I think they're going to let this play out uh, in the in the courts. But if it if it really did. Um, you know, if it really does get the FDA gets leashed that they have to follow their own rules, which is essentially what this is about, um, then uh, then that's going to open up a huge number of lawsuits all to the good by the way um, right but why what is the sanction against the fda for ignoring the rules for 18 years uh yeah there won't be any sanction against the fda but there'll be sanctions against the drug companies who after all are the fda so yeah so as usual well, the sanction can come remember. from congress they have the power of the purse if the fda is not doing its job they should just cut its funding well, that should come from Congress. That's funny. He's he's a comedian. Jesus. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm surprised a little bit. Maybe it's because I'm I'm wrong. How big a story is this China War Games business? That was what I was going to say is the top story of the week. I think it's very big, very serious. Okay. And yeah, I think, it, and I think. I don't think it's unrelated to the stories about central bank digital currency that are coming out. I think that war in, in the Pacific is going to be is going to be part of a crisis that leads to the to the central bank digital currency being implemented. Okay, just a little bit more why you're taking the war games so seriously. You think this is like preparation? It's like there there was a rumor on some website somewhere, I don't know, who knows where rumors come from anywhere, I, I read too many things, that the Chinese were going to do something on the order of a blockade to Taiwan, similar to the blockade the United States did to Cuba in, um, in the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis, not allowing any weapons to go to Taiwan. That, that would, that's the essential, just like we said, no Russian weapons could go to could go to Cuba during the Cuban Missile Crisis, the Chinese would say, 
there would be no American or Japanese or whatever weapons go to Taiwan. And um, in that way, try to, uh, you know, split the baby with regard to starting a war versus um, versus uh, forcing the United States or Taiwan to, to um, you know, fire the first shot. That's, that is a rumor I heard on the internet somewhere. I don't know whether it's true or not. It sounds kind of clever, I guess, if you're China. Um, but I don't know whether that's going to happen or not. Okay. It would be a, it would be a good um, strategic move for them, I think, because um, it's something that they could uh, accomplish, and it, it's something that doesn't quite bring it bring it to the the point of outright conflict, but it would be illustrating the toothlessness of the West, I think, as well. Um, but the, there's, there's already a, a kind of informal blockade, in a sense, because um, I heard that the Taiwanese were waiting on 19 billions worth of, of arms that had already been agreed to be supplied to them that hasn't been delivered, um, which isn't, you know, interesting if that's true. Yeah. Okay, so I don't know if I'm naive, but if I'm China, I'm thinking I'm going to wait till January 2025, because if I make a move now, we actually may risk a real president of the United States coming back. That's always yeah, a risk, risk right? already out there. I mean, why would they risk Biden not being president in January 2025? What do you mean? What if Biden either loses the election or doesn't run? Okay. Okay. But right now, all I'm saying is we're China to do something. It's kind of like with the Iran hostage crisis that would push a few points towards a Republican if there were such a thing. And they could come back with a crazy president like Trump, who they're afraid to mess with. That, that's all I'm thinking. They could push an election towards a Republican if they started trouble now. I think that makes sense. But what do they care? I mean, if they get, I mean, they want Taiwan. If they get Taiwan, what do they care? Do they, do they, does anyone really think that if Trump or DeSantis or any other strong-spined Republican, if one exists, gets elected, that that person, what are they going to do? Liberate Taiwan? After, after a year of, of Chinese occupation, we're going to we're going to start to reopen the war and, and, and liberate Taiwan. There's no way. I mean, and and Biden is destroying wow. our military every day. So another year of, of, of rot and decay, and not to mention that. Who's to say that the Chinese aren't going to sink our Pacific fleet or, or, or do serious damage to our Pacific fleet when we try and defend Taiwan? I mean, I, I don't know that we're going to be in a position in January of 2025 to, to retake Taiwan, even if we got a good Republican in. I don't think that's a concern of theirs at all. Well, that was no, it's, it's not, they, they wouldn't be. Uh, I don't think the US is in a position to uh, fight a war for Taiwan. It just it's just not. And the West, the other Western powers aren't either. They've, you know, they've spent too much and invested too much on uh, Ukraine. Um, not that. You saw Fran Macron went over to China and said, you yeah. know, hey, good luck. Yes, yeah. an alliance to a Western alliance to uh, aid Taiwan is not going to stand up, and we've already seen how ineffective Western sanctions are. Um, once these power blocks are, are big enough to resist the West, which we've made them, um, and uh, Robert F. Kennedy had a really interesting point where he said, um, "You know, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., um, where where he said that the Chinese." Uh, foreign policy has been the exact opposite of the American neocon policy. You know, the, the, the neocons have tried to bully other nations, stage coups in other nations. Um, the Chinese have invested in those nations. They've, they've done it purely out of their self-interest and they do it on terms that benefit China. But which one has been more effective? Which one, who are the African nations following now? Um, who's got the, the, the most surplus of trade with everyone now? Uh, you know, the, the, the kind of military adventurism has been utterly disastrous for American prestige. 
Well, you know what? I, I've said this on prior shows, and I'll say it again. When they when they try when when Africa and Iran and China and Russia, when all these countries try and isolate us, all they're doing is pushing us to do what we should be doing on our own initiative anyway. We should stop dealing with China. We should stop dealing with these dictatorships. It, to the extent that we bring manufacturing home, to the extent we start doing, you know, have a more or, or have more of an autarky in how our economic system is based, that's better for for the United States. It's better for the United Kingdom. I mean, to the extent you guys are still, a, you know, a viable country and you don't, you know, you haven't been completely overrun by immigration, it's better for you guys. I mean, we should want separation from them. Let them have their three quarters of the globe. We'll have our little one quarter. And we'll see who does better. It'll be it'll be an ex- it'll be like watching South Korea and North Korea. There's no synergy for them. All, all we need to do is is stop dealing with them and focus on ourselves. And we can fix our own problems. Their problems they can't fix. Wait a minute. How would we fix? I'm our not sure that we can fix our own problems we have right now. Our- what are you talking about? We we just have to go back to what worked for us. Follow the U.S. Constitution. Follow capitalist principles. Protect individual rights. Stop going and trying to be the world's policeman. Put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Yeah, but we're not we're not heading in that direction. No, in no. Any I, way possible. I know we're not heading in that direction. My point is different, though. My point is, these countries are trying to force us to do what we should be doing on our own initiative. We shouldn't need them to tell us to do these things. They're, China is telling us, or was it China that said uh, we're no longer the model? No, it was the. El Salvadorian president said that we're no longer the model for for uh, for individual rights around the world. Great, thank you for reminding us of that. We should go back to to figuring out how how we can be the the moral leader of the world. That's exactly what we should do. That's not. But we have to, and to do that, we've got to save ourselves from the globalists before we can. Yes. You know, and and I totally agree with you. We should concentrate on ourselves. Yep. Um, and, you know, it is advantageous to the US and to the UK and to uh, other Western nations not to be so reliant on uh, Russian oil and Russian energy, not to be so reliant on um, Chinese manufacturing. Um, but though we've already made those mistakes. And the point is now, you know, the, the BRICS nations have just overtaken the G7 in um, collective GDP. Uh, this is a shift in world power that has has been entirely created by the West itself and its own stupidity. Um, and the, the, the financial power is crumbling, the dollar as a financial reserve is crumbling, and the globalists have created all of this. Um, you know, they, they have done it in a remarkably short space of time, really. Okay, I have two questions for the esteemed panel here. Number one, if you are correct, why hasn't China taken Taiwan already? Number why one, haven't they done? I, they're not. They're not ready. Obviously, not and ready for not what? Ready? Not ready for what? We're a paper no, time. Number one, I can't their economy. Them. Their economy has been in really bad shape for at least five years now. Their banking crisis is way worse than ours. Their bub- their financial bubble is way worse than ours, and they they don't. They don't want to set off another Tiananmen Square situation. The lockdowns that they imposed were in part in order to, to quiet the population and to quell the population. How did what did Xi, Xi do? He, he he brutally suppressed his opposition. He he changed a little, he changed course for where he changed the tra- trajectory of where the Communist Party was going. The Communist Party was going in a different place 10 years ago. I'm not saying they were going into that, that they were doing that they were going in the direction that the globalists and the the neocons here wanted but they were not going quite in the direction they're going now G has has taken control he's imposed control and they're they're afraid of unrest at home and despite all and my second comment is despite all the talk about China being this preeminent power I think it's it's more they're more of a paper tiger okay well well I'm so confused now. Number one, there's nothing better for any government to do to keep its people happy than to take over another government, especially a renegade island like Taiwan, which is part of their heritage, blah, blah, blah. 
Number two, five minutes ago, everybody just said there's nobody who can stop them, which is why I asked the question. America. Well, we were just saying that the war them. games were serious. Now they're. Why not, don't they just walk? Well, they, they are. We don't, we don't have a defense. We can't do anything. Why don't they just walk in and take it? Literally walk in and say, "We own you." I mean, if my Nothing knowledge of history anything. is right, the Nazi Germany. That's when I'm confused. Nazi Germany became aggressive because of economic reasons in large, in large part. And I, mean, I, I, I think you guys don't understand that the, the, the Chinese haven't won a war in 3,000 years. If the Taiwanese fight, it's not going to be a walk in the park. Um, I, you know, because Taiwan does have sufficient armaments to mm -hmm. repel a Chinese invasion for a while. Yeah. Um, they can engage in urban warfare there, couldn't they? I mean, yeah, they, and, it could get, and, it could get know, ugly. So it, it's, turn into it's their not like they Afghanistan could, or if, Vietnam. If the if the Taiwanese want to fight, um, they're all 1.6 billion people won't be able to conquer Taiwan. And I, that's just the way it is. I, you know, it's just too rocky. I mean, yes, the cities, it's, it's either urban, which is an impossible place to fight a war, as, you know, people found out in Ukraine, or it's so hilly that it's impossible to fight a war. So it's, it's really, it's really a hard place. And it, mm -hmm. it's all depends on whether the Taiwanese want to fight. Now, you know, do I think with our help they would do better? Yeah, but I mean, it, it, the other thing is they, they want it for two reasons, right? They want it for, they want it for its value as well as to fulfill this goal of his of reuniting China, of Xi's. But its value is gonna be completely destroyed if they invade. I mean, it's like, it's like the Donbass was uh, industrial heartland of Ukraine. Well, it ain't anymore. So, I mean, I don't know what, you know, the Russians are just continuing to destroy yeah. what they wanted. You know, block by block, they're right. just destroying it all. Well, and it took, a, it took a long time for us to, you know, for the West to force the Russians to invade, didn't it? Um, it you know, it took, you know, over a decade um, of provocation and events in Ukraine before Russia responded with that. And it's, you know, the, the Chinese have, have waited to seize Taiwan for a long time. And, you know, their, their leadership is nothing if not patient. So, you know, they're prepared to, to wait a little bit longer, I would think. Okay, can we pretend I'm not on the show and I'm going to call in as a guest and say, I'm confused. Does China or does not China have the power to take Taiwan? Well, it depends Might on whether the Taiwanese want to fight. My view would be, yes, they have the power to do it, but, um, you know, those situations can always become a quagmire. The, the, the Chinese are smart and, the, and they would rather use a, a mixture of bullying and seduction to, to get um, the Taiwanese to come to their bed willingly. Why would the Taiwanese ever do that? Taiwanese have the same pride of being independent as China has of taking them back. So I don't see anything over time bringing Taiwan closer to China. I think they've got a percentage of their population that, that is actually pro-Chinese as well, which we don't hear about very often. Yeah, Steven, there's a lot of infiltrators. Stephen, I think your question is akin to somebody jumping off the 100th floor of a skyscraper and at the 80th floor saying, this seems fun, nothing, no problem. Give it a little bit of time and we're gonna, they're going to take it over. Just because they haven't done it now, just because their plan is a little longer range than any of us on the show thinks it would, it would be or should be, doesn't mean that they don't have that plan and that it's not going to be implemented. Well, They're just you know, on the 80th floor. Ed, the Ed, floor Ed, like like Ed, Ed was Ed, saying, Putin had a plan for Ukraine too, and I don't think it's and it does. Ed just said it, it won't thought. work. They can't you take just never Taiwan know. without destroying you know. it. So which is it? Can they take Taiwan without destroying it? Or they can't? It can't be both. Eight Chinese soldiers and a flag could conquer Taiwan if the Taiwanese don't want to fight. But like 10 divisions of, China, of of the top Chinese troops can't take Taiwan if the Taiwanese want to fight. That, that's all it is. And well, we don't know. We didn't know whether Ukraine was going to fight until the war started. You have me thinking Seinfeld. I mean, they could take the country, but I don't know if they could hold the country either. So that, that's yeah. another problem. You know I mean? Yeah. ...is to fight them. I, I don't see how that works. Why would it be better for them to wait five years than to just do it? 
Who said because they're going to Because I think they years? think the United States is – they're building a lot of weapons, and the United States is building a lot of pronouns. So I, I think they really – All right, Ed, Ed I'm going to interrupt you right there. You just won the show today. That, that was the I line mean, of the show. Thank you. <laughs> they're building weapons. I, I don't have to tell Pronouns. I like that. <laughs> It's the truth. I, I don't know what to tell you. Okay. And my We're not a serious country. Is, Ed, I totally agree with you what the United States wants to do, what the United States should do, and you're saying what, they're, what the other countries are doing are pushing us to do what we should be doing. But am I mistaken that all of what we should be doing was encompassed in the term MAGA? And when somebody tried that, the entire country went nuts and peaked somebody twice is now indicted the first president in history, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And MAGA's not going too far. Well, this I mean, is the problem. That's, they, they, that's, that's because what's good for the country isn't good for the pockets of the elite. Right. So I don't know how we're going to get MAGA. We, we tried it once. And whether Trump is the right messenger or not, but the way I see it, they, I, they're squashing that pretty well. The, the bigger picture is that the cultural so. the cultural divide here is so deep they could push us in the right direction it doesn't mean that we're gonna head in the right direction you know what I mean I, I you know I, who was the um I was forget the gentleman's name the the black guy who uh was on Hannity last week talking about separation Whitlock yeah yeah with Jason Whitlock I think he's one of our you know the best uh, thinkers out there right now honestly but last last week he was talking about you know how, how we need to separate from these people in the wake of the whole the whole trump indictment i mean how how are we supposed to put everything back together in this country when as he put it these people deny truth we can't we can't get along with them All right but now you're preaching the liberty block creed which obviously you don't have to convince me of. I don't. I think we are a 50-50 country, and I think we are sorting ourselves out, whether that leads to a secession or not. We're definitely moving, you know, blue to blue and red to red. And it would work if the blues would leave the reds alone and just say, take a couple of states and leave us alone. I mean, we would do that. I mean, this ultimately is a problem. Our problems are internal. They're not external. Right, but is, there's no... So. Does anybody have a fix for that? Because I don't other than separation. Well, the, the only mean, other fix is that you get better at, the, at all the cheating than they are. Well, you have to take over all the institutions. I mean, you're talking yeah. about an incredible long game. Yeah, but by definition, conservatives are not interested in controlling other people. By definition, they're interested in controlling us. If we ran the country, we would not be telling them what to do. That's not what conservatives do. In four years, DeSantis moved Florida from a 50-50 state to a 60-40 state. It can be done. We just have to do the work. Well, I'm not sure. That I don't think it can be done. I think what he did is he got the Republican base of Florida all charged up. So they showed up and gave him an overwhelming victory. And more and more of the Reds are moving into Florida. But that can't happen on a national basis. No leader. The, the success there the is, is, is in part predicated on the failure elsewhere, isn't it? Because sure, you know people moving there. Okay, well, voting with their not gonna, He's not going to convert AOC. He's not going to convert uh, Dylan Mulvaney. He's not going to convert the person. Yeah, but come on. I mean, we could go back to the archives of this show from from late October and early November, and we all thought there was a big red wave coming. There was there was a lot of we debated enthusiasm. That. We, huh? we, we debated that. We weren't so totally sure. I mean, it the was, press was for sure pushing it. I don't, I don't know if we pushed it, but yes, the press was. I don't think it. there was special enthusiasm in Florida compared to other places. I, I think there was enthusiasm, but the difference in Florida was you had a guy who was not just talking. He actually got things done and people want results. They want to win. But that will energize the right. It's not going to energize the left. It's going to antagonize the left. And it's here already. The left right. has no limits. The left walks in and shoots people up. So I don't see how that could work on a, on a national basis. Then you're literally going to have civil war on the street because they will come and shoot us. You know, I, while I have some sympathy for what you're saying, how about we give it a try before we just preemptively surrender? 
there is not a Republican in Washington that's willing to fight other than maybe Thomas Massey and maybe Rand Paul, Rand Paul Ron Johnson. But but by and large, I mean, you could count them on two hands how many Republicans in Washington are willing to fight. How about we give it a real shot and, and elect people who really want to fight and let's see if we can win. We can't because we can't elect them on a national level. We don't, we don't have the people to do it. We, listen, Stephen, you're, you're skipping a beat, Stephen. You usually say that we can't even win the primary. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's because <laughs> Lindsey Graham controls the primaries and McConnell controls the primaries. That's why we can't. We can't get good people into office because that's controlled way before elections. Whereas in a state like Florida, it's small enough where you can make a difference. Even with its... Well, I mean, listen, there's a lot Florida's of... Florida's what, the third biggest state? Yes, but it's it's still contained. You can't on a national level... And by the way, McConnell would love to crush DeSantis. And by the way, I don't think DeSantis is going anywhere nationally the way it looks like today. I don't even think he's going to come close. Right now, everything's pointing towards he's not even having a prayer. He'd be a fool to even speak up. It's still That's early. Pretty man. sad. It's early, Mike, but the trajectory the last I mean, months... I, I, I can tell you, every, every, every cycle at, at about this period of time, whoever's in the lead ends up not winning. You know what I mean? It's like, I know. 2016, <laughs> Jeb Bush was in the lead right now. We're, we're wait till they get wait till they get up on the stage together, and then we'll we'll see what happens. Whatever you say about Trump, he's not Jeb Bush. <laughs> yeah, you can say that. You no, know, I could pick a fight with you on that one, Daniel. He's got a lot of Jeb Bush <laughs> in him this time. He's got this spoiled, entitled, of course I, looking yeah. back mentality that reminds me of Jeb Bush. <laughs> well, of course, I'm you not know, you, you're in a minority there, or Trump anymore. What's that? I'm on I'm on team RFK Jr. I don't know about the rest of you, but I've given up on Trump <laughs> and DeSantis. I'm vote I'm voting in the Democrat primary for RFK yeah, Jr. Yeah. here in Virginia. I'll tell you that right now. And not because I agree with all of his environmental stuff. I do not, but because he is correct on a number of the most important issues. The COVID totalitarianism, he's against the uh, big pharma corruption of the FDA, he's against. The um, the fact that uh, you know Ukraine. a lot of the drugs that um, uh, FDA has approved uh, over the years for little kids, let's put it that way, are uh, were never tested properly, and um, and yeah, he does he doesn't want to go and slay what's that uh, slay uh, enemies abroad. Um, and he's fought the good fight for free speech in this era of cancellation. Now, that doesn't mean that he's going to go on Nick Fuentes' show. But on the other hand, he has said the right things about, um, about cancel culture and, and censorship because he's one of the most censored people on the Internet. And so, he's absolutely right on foreign policy as well. He's what? Yeah, so I, I don't know what you're talking about Trump and DeSantis for. It's, it's Kennedy. 2024. I think Kennedy. I think Kennedy can get about two percent of the vote right now. That's personally what I think. Kennedy has never. You never never know at the last name. RFK is hated by the left and he's hated by the right right now, and he has no backing. His own family is embarrassed by him, and I don't see the right ever voting for Kennedy, especially not as a Democrat. So I don't see Kennedy. Do do you think that? Do you think the right hate him with the with the closeness of the COVID attitudes? First of all, going back to Trump, Trump is not on Kennedy's side when it comes to COVID. And Trump has whatever 30% he has that's on Trump's side as far as COVID. Until Trump disavows the COVID vaccines, he's on the wrong side of that issue. And I got to tell you, I can't imagine anything in the world making me vote for a Kennedy. He's a right on two issues. If he really wanted to do it. Are you kidding if John were alive, I'd vote for him over everybody. He'd be a Republican today. He, well, he'd yeah, be a Republican. Probably, maybe, maybe a rhino, but he'd be a Republican. And I don't know. I think if, I think... if the race were RFK <laughs> Jr. versus Trump, I'm open to voting for either one of them. They could. Well, you know what? RFK might have done us all a better favor if he just run as an independent and pulled a Ross Perot. Yes. I actually, by the way, Mike, that's true, because then he would have pulled 10% from the middle. That I agree with you. But I don't, yeah, I don't I know what's going to happen idea. on the Democratic side, obviously. 
Biden said he's running, but he's not announcing. I don't, mm-hmm. I have no idea. I think, well, I think it, RFK Jr. I'm sorry, go ahead, Mike. No, I was just going to say it was really interesting the way Gavin Newsom was coming out this week. I think our, I think it's better that RFK Jr. is running as a Democrat. I think the thing that he's, his candidacy will chase out any good Democrat that's still left in the party. The, the 100% of the party will be fascist thugs once once RFK Jr.'s candidacy goes go, goes through. If they if they cancel him the way you guys are all sort of dismissing, other than Ed P., uh, you know, the way you're dismissing his chances, I think that that's going to be a sign for any half-decent person that's still left in the Democrat Party that it's time to go. And that's a service he couldn't provide if he ran as an independent. I don't know. I My impression, I could be totally wrong on this one, is RFK to most people in this country is a fringe wacko because of the mercury, because of the anti-vax. Um, I don't think he's taken seriously by anybody. And I just don't see him pulling much from the Democrat side. Well, I take some of what he says seriously. Now we do because of the COVID thing. But if I asked you five years ago, well, he was a wacko environmentalist. I, I, yeah, I agree. But, he, you know, and he's not going to because the ability of issues in this climate, he's he's shown himself to be a true civil libertarian. He believes in constitutional rights and he's spoken out strongly about what's let happening. Me ask, let me ask you guys this. I've heard I've heard more than one person say DeSantis should should ask Tulsi Gabbard to be his vice president. What if DeSantis asked? RFK Jr. to be his vice president. I just couldn't. I, I think it, I, I don't. Uh, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm. Uh, Kennedy is like not the, uh, be the vice president, but I mean, I, you know, in the in the in the parallel universe where he he does, yeah, sure, absolutely. I no mean, you heard RFK's it. story that that Trump offered him a job on. Yep. Like the. Vaccine Review Commission, something like that. Did you mention that last week, Ed, in your uh, in your in the podcast? Um, and then someone got to Trump from yep. um, the company beginning. Gottlieb, with, uh, I think. Yeah, and uh, and uh, Kennedy uh, was summarily removed from consideration for that commission. Um, that so, you know, I again. There's these thousand dollar bills sitting in the middle of the road, right? And one of them is the is the COVID nonsense. Who's going to pick that up? Who's going to who's going to pick up the vaccine and run with it, right? Who's going to who's going to pick up the the border crisis? Who's going to pick up the uh, you know the insanity of going to war um, with Russia? Who is going to pick these up and run with it and get uh, you know the the trade with China? issue is still a disaster. I mean, you'd think we'd have learned um, to make our own uh, well, you mean, know, medical a lot of those, equipment a lot of and those drugs, bills, but we haven't. A lot of those bills were already in Trump's hands. I mean, he took on a lot of those issues. Yeah, the, the, only, the, board, the only one you can criticize them are the ones you mentioned is the vaccines. Yeah, out of, you know, three issues there, Ukraine, um, the border and the vaccines, Trump's stronger on two of them, and um, DeSantis is stronger on one of them. I don't think anybody's strong mm. on the vaccines, but um, except Kennedy. But I, I don't know. It, it's all very well to say, look, 90% of our pharmaceuticals are made in China. We've got to do something. Okay, it's been like three years since we realized that. What has been done? Well, Trump didn't do anything. And of course, Biden hasn't done anything. So I'm looking for someone to say, this is what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going. There's an interesting article that was in The Economist and it was a while ago. And you know how there's GDP per capita, right? There's the total GDP and the divide by the number of people, and that's GDP per capita. But of course, that doesn't really work because things have different prices in different places. So they've come up with this GDP purchasing power parity per capita. And that shows like, you know, if you're going to buy a basket of goods in China versus in the United States, they they scale it. So in in the PPP, purchasing power parity, China is already larger than the United States. Well, somebody, some brilliant guy came up with the idea of, of, of production GDP. 
that is uh, goods GDP, goods that are produced, so not services. Not that services aren't unproductive, but, but like stuff. We want to make stuff. And uh, this article was saying that China's goods GDP per capita is already triple the United States. Um, and like, you know, we have plenty of lawyers, we have plenty of, uh, you know, insurance guys, rabbis, we have, we have lots of, uh, you know, uh, you know, technical people for uh, the military. We got, we got all sorts of people. None of us make anything, you know what I mean? And so uh, it's, it's time we start, you know, making stuff again. And uh, that's, uh, that, well, that's more than make America great Trump. again. It's like make, make stuff, stuff again. again. Make stuff again. <laughs> yeah. Well, we certainly should be making the essential stuff at home, like uh, pharmaceuticals. Yeah, I'm not sure how we're going to make that happen. We have limited time today. I want to um, see, what are you guys talking, thinking about this leak? You're talking about the leak from the grand jury? No, from the Pentagon that everybody's talking about um, all these. I've only seen articles on the leak. I haven't seen any of the actual leaked documents themselves. So I, I can't, I can't comment one way or the other. I mean, but the I articles just don't know. are saying that this is really, really bad for national security, that um, it's giving up a lot of the plans. It's, it's giving up a lot of the signals intelligence that the U.S. had in Ukraine, um, something to do with pressuring Israel. Is there any there there? Or you, we just don't know yet. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't trust anything the media says, so I, I don't know. The, I mean, if, Ukrainian... there was a, if there was a leak, then it was then it's probably bad. Yeah. The the Ukrainian reaction suggests that it's real because they immediately said that they were changing some of their plans. So that, that suggests oh, okay. that the material released is is you know the actual stuff. Yeah. Um, going back to Israel for one quick second, and I'm obviously very cynical about Israel. Ed P, I know you follow foreign pretty well. Daniel, maybe you as well. You heard that Netanyahu did back down on his defense minister. Did he? Yep. I'm shocked. Wow. Did I say I am shocked? I would never have predicted that smile. And um, yeah. I am also, and there's, their leaks, part of the leaks coming out is that the Mossad in Israel, which is their foreign intelligence group, their CIA, was involved in the demonstrations. And my cynicism says that was on Netanyahu's side. That Netanyahu wanted them involved in the demonstrations because he needed to get reason to back down because Netanyahu is a back downer kind of a person. But my point being for our purposes, is the left, when they go as far as they're willing to go, will 99.9% .9 of the time get the right to back down. Well, I mean, the United States foreign policy establishment has always run independently of the elected portions of government. And I have a feeling the Israeli a foreign policy establishment does the same thing. It's just it, you know, the Mossad and the, the whatever their foreign ministry and all of the bureaucrats, they just run independent of whoever's the actually i disagree i think Netanyahu is a closet leftist i don't think they need to run um independent of him i don't think he wants to go right i think he hates his own government right now but i'm only interested in because the of left wins there are some quote-unquote extreme right parties that he's allied uh, with in the government that uh um want to make Israel is a, is a Jewish state, but it's a secular Jewish state and they want to make it a religious Jewish state. Am I getting that right? That's a lot, lot more complicated because the religious Zionist parties you're talking about both want to make it more Zionist and more religious and they're not the same. Um, I, I kind of side with those parties, by the way, because they're not okay. anti-Muslim other than anti being killed by Muslim. So and, but I don't think Netanyahu really identifies with those parties. But I, I think, again, for our point, the left acted out in Israel in ways that no one would ever thought a left would act out. And they've gotten the right to back down. And I think, as I said a couple of weeks ago, when they do that in America, if the right were to win an election, the right will still back down. Just like Well, I they did that in Russia. Brazil after Lula uh, 
um, you know, stole uh, this past presidential election, the right in Brazil came out and, you know, millions and millions and millions of people uh, protested and it got them nothing. Yeah, zero. It doesn't work because, um, you know, where the 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 left don't back down and we do. And, uh, yeah. you know, so when we protest, I mean, look how you look at uh, Macron's presidency in France, um, you know, for sort of six or seven years, most of that time that he's been in power, the, the French have been rioting against him. Um, but because it would be ultimately, um, you know, a right wing effect if Macron was removed as a globalist, um, they, they just carry on as normal and they just call out the police, they call out snipers. You know, Macron called out tanks and snipers on the streets of Paris um, and then they just carry on because they have no shame and no limits. I want to go to Tennessee it's for one second. Because... Can, I, can I just oh, say one thing? It's sure. I, I think it's more that they don't have shame and don't have limits. I think I think the left is motivated by power, and the right is not motivated by power. The right is motivated by connection. Actually, leave us alone. By connect, no, by by connections and by access and wanting to go to to the famous cocktail parties, and it's all about you know it's all about the grift, transactional. The, the right is all about the grift. The left in, engages in the grift. They all get rich on it, but their main driver is not the grift. Their main driver is power. And once they get power, they use power to, to, to get the grift, but they really want power. And the right doesn't really want power. The right wants grift without the power. And that's why they always back down, and that's why they always lose. Well, that's the official right who, who aren't really right. But there aren't that many people who are right. The reason I want to go to Tennessee is I think last week we may have been, I hate to say this, slightly mistaken, because if I remember correctly, myself and others were saying there won't be any sanction for those insurrectionist legislators in the mm -hmm. Tennessee legislature. Yet there were, and the Republicans seemingly got together and did kick out two out of the three. Yet it looks like those two will be back, you know, within the blink of the eye. So is that a good thing? that the Republicans actually seem to have stood up and done something, that maybe they do have some backbone, or in the end, it won't matter anyway. You know what the key uh, word in your statement was, Stephen? The word seem. That's all the Republicans can do, is right. they can make it look like they're being strong without actually being strong. If they wanted to be strong, they would, first of all, they would have kicked out the woman too, and it would have been three for three. But more importantly, they would be mirroring what the Democrats have done with J6. Exactly. They would yeah, be arresting all of these people. Round them up. Exactly Locker, right. Lock them up. Lock them up. Round them up. The it's an insurrection. It sounds like a right. beach boy haven't they? Haven't they already gone back to the, the, the chamber there and they were the, kind of welcomed by supporters back to the chamber? I'm not sure. I just said well, they were reappointed. I don't know if they went. Of course, of course Ed, the I'm other. I'm not talking is... about the, the three legislators. I'm talking about the hundreds of people that yeah. stormed that Capitol. But I'll, if I'll you want to make you... a statement, if the right wants to show that it's got strength and it's got backbone, they'd go after all those individuals who, no offense, right. I'm not looking to be a bully or pick on people, but those those innocent, those people don't have the, the, the means, just like the J6 defendants, don't have the means to defend themselves. You want yeah, to make a statement, uh, go after all those people. Yeah, sure, until Kamala goes uh, in to bail them out. You think the, you think leftists are going to sit there silent as uh, their activists are in prison? But that's, that's good if they respond that way. Well, I mean, they will. Exactly that's exactly right. what they would do. Yeah, but, but it's good because then you say, well, wait a minute, I thought you didn't like insurrections. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know. They don't care. They wouldn't care. <laughs> okay, you Southerners, you have any connections in Tennessee? I mean, I, I have friends who live there, but not really, no. Nobody uh, you can know, call up in the state I mean, and say, listen to Ed Maslish. I've probably uh, volunteered for things in my life, but that's about it. You know, one of the things they could do, most states have this thing where if you pass a law in two consecutive sessions uh, and then put it to a referendum, it becomes a constitutional amendment. They could amend the Constitution to say anybody kicked out can't come back in. That's one thing they could do. They could, um, they could 
you know, if there if these two people who are thrown out uh, end up getting reelected, they could just deny them committee assignments, um, which is all where the pork goes. Um, I that'd be perfectly fine uh, as well. Um, I don't know why the city council of Nashville gets to reappoint this clown. That's a weird, weird thing in must in, be in the Tennessee constitution, certainly not in the Virginia constitution. So I have no idea how they got to do that. I mean, there's also the I, racial element in the room there that they have to be really careful what they do. You know what? The, the, well, the Nashville, the legislature in Tennessee if I remember the numbers correctly, is 75-23 Republican to Democrat. Even if these people get reappointed, if you want to show backbone, you keep them off every committee. You don't give them any power. You, you give them a vote. Okay, you want to be in here? You want to have a vote? Fine, you have a vote. That's it. I mean, you can play hardball or you can try and make it look like you're playing hardball. The latter is what the Republicans do. They never want to play hardball. They want to make it look like they're playing hardball. And then they have a great campaign ad and they say, oh, look at what we're doing. Look what we were going to do. Ed, you don't think it was a positive that they kicked him out? I thought that was pretty positive. I think it was a show. Was it good? They I mean, actually kicked not them out. Anything? Huh? Yeah, it was better they than actually not doing anything. It was better than not doing anything. But the, the issue it, to me is, if, if the question is, was it good? The answer is unreservedly yes. If the question is, did it show backbone? My answer is unreservedly no. Because well, if they the want to show reason, backbone, they've got to do a hell of a lot more than just some symbolic okay. gesture where these people are going to be back in, in, in the same offices in the next six weeks or whatever. Right. So the only reason I'm not going to agree with you right now is when we left the show last week, we thought they would do nothing and the story's not over yet. So I'm going to give them a little tiny benefit of the doubt that maybe they're not finished. And hope I'm right. Are you telling me that that you know when you jump off the hundredth story of a of a skyscraper and you're at the eightieth floor, things aren't necessarily okay? I want to know why you're so interested in me jumping off a hundred floors. Can I just jump <laughs> off of thirty floors, forty floors? I don't want you jumping off of any building, Stephen. Yeah, well, I have PTSD. A friend of mine in New York was thrown off a twenty-story roof a bunch of years ago. Other than that, I don't mind you saying so. Um, okay, real quick final comments because we got to run today. Um, Mike, you're the quietest. Go. You're really quiet because you're muted. <laughs> Sorry about that. I always got to worry about background background noise. No, I mean I was interested uh, in Gavin Newsom coming out this week, and um, you know because we keep talking about whether Biden's going to be up on that stage next year uh, or in a year and a half if he's going to be gone. And uh, now I, I think there's a little more smoke to, to things in terms of Newsom coming out, attacking Republicans, uh, basically calling us fascists. You know, of course, what Ed says all the time comes right to, to mind. Everything they, uh, every accusation is an admission. And boy, Newsom had a lot of accusations and a lot of admissions last night that I saw. But uh, I, I find it interesting that he's you know, putting himself out there now. And you have to wonder, apparently it was at the White House and Biden wasn't there. And I keep waiting for uh, for Biden to be thrown overboard. He seems to be the one they're pushing. The question again, again is, Biden's will, gonna will run. Biden be thrown overboard? And Biden's going to run. Gonna be the guy. Newsom is, Newsom is um, maybe preparing himself for uh, 2028. Um Unless they want to throw over Kamala, because boy, she's terrible. Um, and at, as far as understatement uh, you know, of the week, I, I know what the rules are. Nobody knows what the rules are. We were talking to your uh, the uh, your friend, the libertarian. I forget his name. The other week, it's like, what are the rules to get on the debate stage? I don't oh, know Aaron what the Day. rules are to get Aaron Day. What are the rules to get on the debate stage in the Democrats? I, you know, if do they have rules? You know. Um, but I'd love to see RFK Jr. on the debate stage. I think right the only now. way Biden sticks around, perhaps, is if they really think that Trump is going to be the guy again. And they really feel confident that they'll beat him no matter what. Okay. Daniel, any quick words? Um, I just wanted to mention something that was in your um, program notes, actually. I think there was a story there about 
um, uh, uh, a school that that hadn't gone along with all the kind of trans agenda stuff. And then the authorities there, the Democrat authorities there were blocking their um, funding for meals, for school meals. And I think that's, that ties in well with what Ed was saying, um, because even when we oppose, even when the right opposes things, what we're doing is if we get what, what seems like a major victory for us, just look at Roe v. Wade, it's really just setting back to before the Democrat victory. It's never pushing in our direction. And part of the reason for that is because we don't weaponize everything and the other side weaponize every single thing there is. And, you know, every little shred of power they have is used to accumulate more power, just as Ed said. And, um, you know, when you get to the petty level that you'll deny a school funding for meals, uh, that shows just how determined they are and where they'll apply power. They'll apply it everywhere about everything until they get every single thing they want and then they'll demand more. And, uh, you know, we have to be like that in response as well. Okay, there's only one more story I want to um, just mention, and then I really have to go, unfortunately. Walter Reed is throwing the Catholics out of the hospital. <laughs> They're going to hire like secular chaplaincy or something. Did you guys see that? No. Did. If, if I were. I did. It was a contract, yeah. some sort of contract with one thing, and then it got changed. But um, they, apparently they don't want Christians. <laughs> well, yeah, they don't want. They don't want actual pastors, no. It's uh, uh, from, from any faith. Just imams. Yes, just imams. All right. If, well, you're, if, you're, if, you're, if you're dying in that, that in Walter Reed now, you'll be visited by a diversity consultant. <laughs> or a well, soylent manufacturer. <laughs> yeah. Diver diversity, inclusion, equity. Die. It's die. You got it. Folks, forgive yeah. me, we have to wrap for today. Next week, everybody has to be here. It is show number 150, and only one of us still has an absolute perfect attendance record, <laughs> and that's up to him to smile on his own behalf. With, Thank you, Daniel and Ed. You guys made the show great. You guys are always we fantastic. Yeah, Thank you. Weeks. Have a wonderful week. We'll be back next Wednesday, 5.45 p.m. Do not miss it. We have a lot to talk about. Have a good happy, night. Thank you very much. Happy Easter. Happy Passover, everybody.